Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Super Bowl over. 150 million people said to watch it, streaming and television. Now a seamless transition into Winter Olympics, $13 billion Winter Olympics, four times less than the record-setting 2014 Sochi Games, even though about $26 million spent on cybersecurity. We'll talk about the broader social issues of the Olympics, but now we've got the guy, Rene Fassel, who is the head of the IHF, the International Hockey Organization, that basically runs the world of hockey, not the NHL, but the world of hockey. That's an interesting distinction. Dan Calaruso, global editor of Reuters. How are you? What do you think? I'm doing great. I'm actually slowly uh, built up a lot of enthusiasm for these Olympics. I'm actually really looking forward to the hockey, and I'm really looking forward to a couple of other things. Um, skiing, of course, and figure skating, which is always fun for Americans who participate in these things once every four years to watch. But um, it's really interesting. The, the interview you did with, with uh, Fasel was fascinating. And you know, the NHL isn't coming this year to the Olympics. Uh, what happened there? What was the breakdown? Is this a long-running rift? Is this something? What are some of the details behind it? Well, it's a long-running rift this year as it comes to a head. Now we've got to see if it's permanent or at least permanent for the next few because, remember, we have the next Olympics in, in China, and it's the same issues, transportation, time zones. Uh, Gary Bettman would tell you that the IHF controls with the IOC all of the rights, the issue of shutting down the season for three weeks and not being able to even watch the highlights through the NHL network and all is something that his owners, meaning also him, didn't want to run the risk of. A lot of players didn't like that. They talked about it in the All-Star weekend in Tampa, but at the end of the day, Gary Bettman doing what he thinks is right with hockey, and which, in another perspective, there are other people who are representing constituent bases. If you care about hockey, care about the Olympics, you might want to listen to Dr. Rene Fassell, elected the IIHF president since 1994. He runs international hockey. He's very important in the organization. Here he is. Honored to have the president of the International uh, uh, Federation, the International Ice Hockey Federation, Dr. Rene Fassell. Doctor, dentist, uh, entrepreneur, um, there are others who have started in the medical profession and rose to a level of running international governing bodies of, let's say, Olympic sports. Do you think that the appropriate process to run the International Ice Hockey Federation <laughs> is to start being a dentist? It's <laughs> a good question, but I, I think maybe I started to be a hockey player and then uh, uh, I was 10 years uh, referee, actually, in, in Switzerland, being in the top league for six years. So I, I would say that referee, ice hockey referee on the ice, being on the ice, uh, was a very, very good school to do what I'm doing now. My sense as well is if you're a player, your goal is to antagonize and to score goals. If you're a referee, your goal is to generate some kind of consensus and develop some resolution. So that's how you become a stupendous international executive. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, and as a, as a <laughs> dentist, I'm building bridges 
you know. And Both being, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes, right. and, I, and being a Swiss, I mean, you, you know, as Swiss people, we're always actually uh, trying to look for compromises. And, and, and the, the unbelievable uh, and, and fantastic thing to work in, in sport is to work with so many different cultures. You would agree that the Russian is so different than a Swede and a Swede to, to a Finn and a Finn to the American and an American, even American to the Canadian. They are so much different. So being there in between and uh, like a chef d'orchestre, you know, you, you, can, you can find the good balance in between the, the different parties and, and find a consensus to, to do the good thing for sport. Now, some people who use that analogy end up closing their restaurants because the food is so bad. So, <laughs> but you've been there for a long time, and you've been able to understand the dynamics of an evolving sport. How much of your job is uh, game, ice-related? How much of it is politics? How much of it is psychiatry? Uh, I would say politics is, is, is my main job. Uh, be, being a member of the IOC, uh, uh, being the president for 23 years now, I, I think politics is, is, is really one of my main part I'm doing. Try, as I said, try to bring people together and find this good balance. And, 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 and for sure, I mean, my, my heart, I'm coming from my sake, my, I, I love the game. So I, I, I really work, I would say, very, very uh, intense in, 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 in maybe not for a long time, but I like to feel the game. I like to listen. Uh, do we have to change this rule? What do we have to do in, in the different competition tournaments? So, uh, but politics is my main job. Well, the news flash for people who only want to skim the surface is that you have an Olympics coming up in Korea and the NHL will not be there. And therefore, does the sport survive? What are the problems? Maybe we can provide some different perspective and talk about what, what life will be like preparing for these and future Olympics without the NHL participating. Yeah, first of all, I, I was very much disappointed. I'm still very much disappointed, yeah. but we have to look forward. So, uh, and we have more to speak about the people that will be there, the yeah. athletes that will be there. Right. So we have, we have, we have still great athletes that will be there, great hockey players. And it's maybe also time to have new heroes. I am 100% sure that in, in, in Pyeongchang, new heroes will be born. Uh, scoring, I mean, making the difference. And that gives actually the space for this new, say, generation, maybe for, for different players. Uh, and and we, will have, we will have a great tournament. Hockey is a great game. Any level you go and watch a hockey game, even the lowest level, there is always something happening on the ice. There is always emotion. There is always, uh, yeah, always going on. So uh, I, I'm not so much concerned about that. But still, for sure, I, I, miss, I miss the big names. Well, and, and of course it grabs the headlines now, and it'll grab the headlines in Pyeongchang. But after that, you have four more years to then pick up whatever positives were generated in Korea and move forward. Great development program. What does the organization that you chair do to promote and develop the sport generally? So I, th I think our main job is to, to, to organize different world championships in, in different places in the world. We organize around 30 to 35 different world championships, women and men, women under 18 and, and senior. On the men, we have under 18, 20, and the seniors, and on the different levels. So this is our, I would say this is our main task. On the, on the other point is, is having the relationship with the other federations 
Winter Sports Federation and Summer, being an IOC member, having this contact with the IOC and the Olympic movement, and and for sure with the NHL. This is this is also our, one of our main tasks. Even now, the NHL tries to to have a, a personal contact with the leagues in Europe and the clubs. We saw that last weekend, but it's not a big concern, so that they will need us anyway. So um, it it it's uh, how do you say. And then have uh, actually a look on the rules, changing the rules, adju adjusting, adapting the rules, uh, and on, on the good governance actually uh, to, to teach and to tell actually the member national federation uh, about good government, stat statutes, bylaws, financing. So this is, I would say in generally, uh, and help the development, this is generally our, our task. You're a senior statesman in the industry, people respect what you've done, you are a pinnacle of stability in the industry. Um, how have things changed, not on the ice, but off the ice, with um, more global television contracts and social media, et cetera? Um, what are the biggest change agents from, let's say, when you started this job? The money. <laughs> the money. Yeah. I mean, I, I was ele I elected Swiss president in '85. And then uh, I elected in the IIHF as, uh, as, uh, as a council member in 86. So when you see the budget we had at that time, maybe it was between four or five million now. In the Olympic year, we are more, more near, near to 80 million uh, uh, Swiss francs budget than, than it was in, in, the, in the 80s, you know. And beginning 90s, when I see especially actually soccer, football, FIFA, yeah. Uh, with the TV rights and also IOC, we, in a different way also us. I mean, we, we, we have, I would say, four or five, six times more money now than we had in the, in the 90s. So money was a huge change in, in actually generating sport income. Um, is the money going to the right places? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You know, yeah. Uh, I think we are, we are lucky here. We we have a budget as in the normal year of 35 million Swiss francs. Uh, we we spend actually over 90 92 percent of the money going back to the to the sport, and we have around I don't know eight eight to ten percent of the money going for administration costs. So we we are quite good on that, uh, and uh, we have also s good governments. Uh, how do you say? Uh, practice in mm. our federation uh, since, since many, many years uh, being in Switzerland controlled by the three tax authorities. Actually, in our case, we, I, I must say we were away from scandals. We, we, we are actually, we were also Re a bit lucky we didn't have so much money. Re refreshing. You know, yeah. Refreshing. You, yeah. you know, if, if the more money you have, yeah. I, I would say the more rats are coming. So yeah. like, right. you know, trying to, to grab money. So we, we are we are not rich, but you are not poor, so we, are, we have a good balance. So I, I feel really fine about the money we have, and um, this is good. Harder to be transparent in the future with more money and therefore more rats? Yeah, I th we, we, have no, no, we are very transparent in our, uh, in our federation. We should, for sure, just adjust some, some good governance rules and, and adapt. As the, the time today it is, you know, people asking for more transparency. But yeah. I, I must say, I, I, I was used, to, especially also as, as my, my education I had, to, to be transparent. And we had, we are, I would say I'm very happy the way we, we organize our, and we, we run our federation, the people running our federation. Hockey is a global sport. No one would argue that, that, uh, that, that soccer isn't football isn't probably number number one 
hard to know where to measure it by, but but hockey um, becoming more international every every day. Are you pleased? Um, not pleased with the lack of Olympic participation, but are you pleased with with Gary Bettman going to China and beginning regular seasons in Eastern Europe and all of those things that he's trying to do to move the game, uh, his NHL game to be more international? No, the, the positive thing is for sh for sure is that he is working for hockey, developing, pushing, promoting yeah. ice hockey. So this this is the very good point. The, the where I'm not so happy is that we we should we should coordinate that. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed on that that we we do we do not have this com cooperation together. That we we have some advantages in China. That he, that Gary and the NHL does not have. Being uh, being uh, a member of the Olympic movement, the IHF, the International Ice Hockey Federation, and having uh, me being in the Coordination Commission of Beijing 22, having the relationship with the government and the NOC, we, we could coordinate in, in a way where we had a, a synergy to, 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 to have a, a much better impact, especially in China. And, and not going to Korea, for me, this is, this is if on one side you want to promote the game, mm -hmm. you know, and you speak about China, about Beijing, maybe look at the map where Korea is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not so far away from from uh, from China, Beijing. So I would say uh, uh, missing Pyeongchang is not really developing the game in China, in Asia. Now Gary Bettman would say he said this morning that a lot of the issue was the IOC, uh, not you. Um, not paying certain expenses, not acknowledging what he needs to close down the season for three weeks during the year. Um, is there some sensitivity to all of that? Uh, it's always the same the same problem, you know, closing the league for two weeks, I mean two and a half weeks. Um, they play the same number of games. So he has 82 regular season games. Yeah. So he has the income. And you know, Okay, we are in February. Maybe for some owners, they have more spectators in February than they have in 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 a, in a tight schedule as right. they have. But but you know, in, in in some places, you will not really increase the number of spectators if you play in February and in you know, in March or in or more in a tight schedule. Ottawa being in the semifinal of the conference last year and not filling his his arena, the arena, that it's not a problem being in the Olympics or not. So. You know, I, I understand Gary that for some business reason uh, he, he, he couldn't decide, I mean, uh, and maybe for some money reason, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, some, some important steps went wrong. First of all, the IOC telling us they will not pay the, the mm -hmm. uh, insurance and, and the transportation so we could find the money. The second point is Gary asking the players to extend the CBA for an, for an extra two years. So, not asking really, but really asking, uh, you know, I yeah. mean, he said I didn't really put that in the basket as a, as, as a negotiation. And then we, we it went in the, in, the, in, the, in the wrong direction, but at least it was a money question for him, for, yeah. the, for the players and, and for the league. I'm here for more for sport, so too bad. So I, I'm not so happy they're not coming, but I have to live with that. Well, you have to live with that. And then I guess the final question, moving on from that, where is the sport of hockey broadly defined five years from now? Oh, I think we will have five years from now, we will have 
actually the uh, Olympic Games in Beijing. I, I, I believe in our sport. Yeah. And I, I would just uh, ask maybe the NHL and the KHL, we have to sit together and develop a strategy, how we can work, not to actually be in competition. So we, we have to work together. Actually, you know, in North America, they are the best league in the world. They, 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 this is their place. But uh, if they go internationally, I always say the American with the big shoes and the big cigars when they are coming. So they should be a little bit more careful. So we have maybe a better approach to different people, to different markets than they have, you know, thinking that they are just the best in the world. They are the best league here in the world and in North America. But to work with the Chinese, to work with the Russian, with the Scandinavian, it's maybe a little different type of approach that they should have. A politician, a hockey enthusiast, a great entrepreneur, and a dentist. What more can you get? Dr. Rene Fassel, Rick Haro, speak with you soon. Well, I find it interesting that you've got a guy who speaks candidly about the future of hockey, not necessarily from the NHL's eyes and lens, and that's going to be an interesting perspective taking into the Olympics. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think in a, in a very constrained Swiss way, you know, he went after Bettman a little bit. At one point, um, he talked about, like, if you want to break into China, take a look at the map and see how close Korea is. I mean, that, that, them's the fighting words. If they were on the ice, they would have dropped the gloves. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting dynamic um, with the professional players over the last few decades becoming important in the Olympics. Um, but I think he said something else that they're trying to capture without the NHL, um, that this will give us a chance for new heroes to be born and the space for a new generation. And that could be seen, I'll, I'll take the romantic angle. I really like that. I liked when the Olympics were, was primarily amateurs. Um, and, you know, to me, that says a lot about the relationship and his point of view as he goes into hand-to-hand -hand combat with Bettman over Beijing in 2022, because you know the NHL wants to be there. You know the KHL wants to be there. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Dr. Fassell, too, is that, you know, he's not anti-NHL, quite clearly. In 1998, in Nagano, he was the one that kind of insinuated the NHL into the Olympics uh, for the first time, and he's been transcending uh, all of those issues. He's a six-term 2016 just re-elected uh, IIHF guy. So he's not to be fooled with. He's got some pretty consolidated power himself. Uh, his comments, though, were, well, you shut down the NHL season for three weeks and you risk the injury of the players. That's not the business that I've got to worry about. Gary Bettman has to worry about all of those contracts that need to be insured, and nobody was stepping forward, including the IOC, willing to insure them, which, by the way, is not an issue with amateur athletes, obviously. The amateur athletes have other issues, like how are they going to earn the money to make ends meet? These guys, they've got contracts with their professional teams. They're making millions of dollars. They're corporations, and who owns those rights? And what about the risk of injury? And what about shutting down the season? So there are two very different perspectives heading into what might otherwise be a very competitive Winter Olympics. Let me ask you, do you think it was a little bit of a veiled criticism of the NHL season by saying, you know, he mentioned there were conference semifinals and the arenas weren't full. And that's not the Olympics' fault, right? Um, and he talked about the season tightening up. Do you think that there was a little bit of, you know, jab there that the NHL season is too long anyway and that 
two and a half weeks in February? Is it going to really cost anyone too much money if they figure out, you know, ways to play the games in March and April? Maybe. But I will tell you this, knowing Gary Bettman and knowing this perspective, Gary Bettman and the executive committee of the NHL could care less about what Rene Fassell says about whether the season is too long or not. They've got an entertainment product they've got to worry about. I think the fundamental thing is even if it was shorter, the Olympics are in the middle of the NHL season. Remember, the NBA doesn't have this issue because the NBA season is over done, by the right. time the Summer Olympics start. So these are two entirely different problems that are faced by entirely different people, but it is kind of a power struggle, and it is interesting that you can hear Gary Bettman's rational perspective from the business model of the NHL basically not exactly accommodating what international hockey wants. When, remember, the gold medal game was so important in Vancouver? Well, that was on the West Coast. That was three time zones different between America East and America West, and North America was all excited about that. Not so sure in Korea, and certainly not so sure in Beijing four years from now. Really, do you think it's not so sure? I mean, I, I step back and I say to myself, Asia seems to be the last major population center in the world that cares a lot about the Olympics. It's a it's a, a step toward, for lack of a better word, legitimacy of rising Asian powers to host the Olympics. If you want to, is there a better way to propagate the global popularity of a sport than being a presence at the Olympics? Look what the Dream Team did for the NBA. I mean, that was like the, the apostles coming to town. Um, what could hockey ever replicate that? And is the NHL being a bit short-sighted? I guess you're right. I mean, Bettman works for the owners, and this is the owner's money and assets at stake. Um, but I, I just wonder, in, in leaving this topic, uh, how do you think this gets resolved for Beijing? Well, I do, do know that Gary Bettman is very himself. clear yeah. in his state of the NHL messages at the All-Star Game, and we were there, remember, covering it two weeks ago. His comment is, we are making significant inroads into China. We had preseason games there. We're going to have preseason games there next season. We do have a relationship with the Chinese Hockey Olympic Committee. It's not related to the Olympics itself. The Chinese Hockey Association has independent concerns, and we're going to do joint ventures with them quite independent of the Olympics. So that's one way they deal with it. The other way is to try to have dialogue and reconcile it. There will be a lot of other pressures from the Players Association and others to see if they can, in fact, figure out how to deal with the season in the next Olympics. And the other piece of this is if they don't suck it up and get it done for the 2022 Olympics, well, I guess it's far away from here, but 2026 will be in a time zone just because of the way the IOC picks cities and areas that's closer to the U.S., easier for logistics. So Gary Bettman is right when he says this is not permanent. Okay, that, that, it's fair enough, but it is, it is one of the more interesting storylines going into these Olympics, I think. I, I, found, it, I found the conversation with uh, Dr. Fassel interesting, um, and I just feel like it's a great topic, and it's, it's going to be something that's worth watching. If you love sports, it, it's going to be something worth watching. Well, it, it is, and, and I do think the other issue about maybe what are uh, my, my, here's my here's what I'm watching for the Olympics the next couple of weeks. You tell me about yours. The ongoing dialogue... Uh, probably this is easy, of the North Korean 
uh, delegation, 32 athletes. Uh, they're training both jointly in a North Korean ski resort. People say it's propaganda because of that regime. Uh, we're trying to transcend sports here. So there will be ongoing dialogue. Is Vice President Pence going to meet uh, with people during the visit? Will there be the detente? Will there be military maneuvers? I haven't seen any of this as far as positive work since the ping-pong diplomacy when I was just a boy and you weren't born yet in the early 70s with Richard Nixon. I was born, um, <laughs> and uh, we, we practiced ping-pong diplomacy in Brooklyn as well. Um, it was a little slightly more aggressive. Different, but, yeah. Um, but, no, I, you know, I think you're right. I think that is the storyline of these Olympics. I mean, there, there has not been, and I think Bettman was also betting that the lack of enthusiasm for these games was going to carry over and he wasn't going to be missing much. This changes the complexion a little bit, I think. And I, I, I and it's a really it's an interesting pivot, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, to people being a little more interested. Um, that'll obviously go to how well NBC promotes in the States, um, how Americans perform the Michaela Schifrin's, the Lindsey Vaughn's, uh, the, the figure skaters. Um, those those type of athletes that always capture uh, the American imagination and drive ratings in these games. So, I mean, from my point of view, I'm really interested um, to see the the joint Korean hockey teams play. I think that's going to be fascinating and almost historic, depending on where we come out of this and as uh, geopolitically. Uh, and I also think that you know this is Korea's chance to to show that it could pull a rabbit out of a hat um, where other countries have, you know, seemed destined for success and totally had wipeouts. You know, Vancouver was too warm and Sochi was a mess. Um, this was a this is a chance for Korea to shine. Uh, it did well with Seoul and it'll be interesting to see how they pull this one off. So I'm actually going to be watching a lot more of the Olympics than I anticipated two weeks ago. Well, and frankly, that is something that the American audience should especially NBC, stand up for because in your own normally cynical perspective, if you go into some kind of a sporting event excited that doesn't include your New York Giants, we all ought to stand up and cheer. <laughs> yes, I, I won't have to stand up for, for much uh, after the Olympics uh, based on my New York team's performance. Yes, I get that. But um, I am looking forward to it. I think uh, this interview is a great setup for it. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, parting thoughts from you about you know, uh, what you think, what lessons are going to be learned from this for future Winter Olympics venues? Are there, are there things that, Seoul's, that Pyeongchang has done right uh, going into this? Yeah, I do think that they finished the Olympic Villages on time, notwithstanding all the cynicism you deal with. There are two of them. They'll accommodate nearly 7,000 residents. They've avoided any of the heavy criticism that hit Sochi, hit Rio, and the like. And now that that facility issue isn't that big a deal, we know how far Pyeongchang is from Seoul, by the way, but people think it's like a half an inch on the map, and we don't care. It's a big deal to get people around Korea, and it's going to take a while. So that issue is a big one. The next issue, of course, is who are the superstars? Who's going to make the money? The gap between the have and the have-not athletes coming out of this Olympics will watch very carefully over the next few weeks. The snowboarders, the half-pipe winners, the skiers, they're big deals, but are they flashes in the endorsement pan for March and April and beyond? Do they last during the summer? A, let's see who they are, and B, let's see how long they last. Sounds great. Awesome. Enjoy the Olympics. Rick Harrow, speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. The producer, Alex Cohn. 
Associate Producers Freddie Joyner and Ryan Warner. Assistance provided by Carla Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, and Ronnie Sokatch, and the Executive Editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso. I'm Rick Haro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.